0: The Ricolto Recipe.
1: Five years ago, Ricolto was born. Formerly known as Vredeseilanden or Vico, this Belgian development NGO turned into an international organization to make the system behind our food fairer, more transparent, and environmentally friendly. Why? Because everyone has a right to good food. We are working on this not only in countries in Africa, Asia, and Latin America. But also in Belgium. My name is Jelle Goosens and I have been working for the organization since 2006. In the Ricolto recipe, I talk to colleagues about how they are changing the world with good food. Five questions about five years of Ricolto, about the past and the future. Welcome to this second episode uh, of the Ricolto recipe. Now, loyal listeners, might already have noticed that, uh, contri- contrary to our first episode, we are recording this episode not in Dutch, but in English. And there's a very good reason for that, or must I say, two very good reasons that are sitting right next to me. Welcome Robinson Nakwaza and Piloya Innocent. Thank
2: you very much, Ellie.
1: Now, I should also welcome our lovely live audience because we are recording this podcast in the Ricolto office in Leuven there's quite many of you so it might be good. Yeah. <laughs> make yourself I mean, it would be a pity if I said that there's a lot of people around me and that no, no reaction would come yeah. <laughs> okay now Robinson and, uh, and Pivoya by the time this podcast will be released I'm pretty sure that you guys will already be global internet sensations and international celebrities but for now, for the time being, it might be a good idea that you introduce yourself shortly. Robinson, go ahead.
2: Thank you very much, Ellie, and everyone listening in, uh, for you attending today. Thank you for coming, and I will still emphasize, uh, make those orders, those pre-orders, uh, <laughs> once more. Um, my name is Robinson. I work with Recolto in Uganda. I handle a program called Generation Food that has currently brought us in uh, Belgium. And uh, we have a team of wonderful participants who have come with us, Uh, 11 of them, uh, plus me, makes 12, so I'm also a participant, but I'm also a guide. Uh, We are here on an exchange program uh, with Yuka. Uh, Yuka is one of the uh, um, funders of the Generation Food Programme that seeks to empower youths who are doing uh, projects in the agribusiness space in in Uganda. So yes, we are on an exchange and cultural trip. Thank you. Super.
1: And yeah, one of these uh, amazing people that is also ah, part yes, of that Yes, yes. V- very much. Yes. And
2: uh, the lady next to me is Piloya. Uh, she's a beneficiary of the program and she's here to share her experience in the program okay. from Uganda.
1: Piloya, introduce yourself, please.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for having me and thanks for the audience. My name is Piloya Innocent and I was born and raised in Gulu in Northern Uganda. And I am an agribusiness entrepreneur based in Gulu as well. Uh, My company is called Anyadwe Foods. We produce and package local and indigenous health food products that are free of preservatives and additives. We all know these additives in our foods today cause allergies, cancers and so on from long-term consumption. So we're trying to produce commonly eaten foods that are indigenous to Uganda, but we make sure that they're free of preservatives and additives. Um, My business is located at the Innovation Village in Gulu, and we recently opened a coffee shop. I understand coffee shop means something else. (laughs) From the last two days, I know it means something else here, but it's a cafe. It triggers our imagination.
1: Coffee bar.
0: we we brew coffee so we have a barista who brews for you a cup of coffee from the coffee beans that we source from our farmers but you can also have a taste of our other products from there we also use the space as an outlet for the rest of our products
1: all right thank you very much um you already touched upon uh, this project named generation food so i suggest we immediately dive into that so, Kay Robinson, you've already uh, mentioned this Generation Food Project. What, what is it all about? So, the Generation
2: Food Project um, is one of Recolto's um, areas of focus that seeks to empower youths who have uh, interest and passion for agribusiness uh, um, be, uh, areas of operation. So, we look at youths who are in between 18 to 35 years of age and they already have this amazing idea these these, uh, curious innovations in the agribusiness space. And then we see those who are having hard time making sense of it. So we come into play as uh, experts in this field, and then we get to uh, share our long-term accumulated uh, expertise and skills on how one can leverage on the different partners in the space of of agriculture or uh, sustainable production and consumption. So uh, I, as a trainer, uh, come into to be uh, that's some, some sort of a, a foreseer. We, we get to help them walk the journey of starting a business in the agricultural space in, in the sense that they can see the future and get to operate their businesses so that even 10 years from now, their businesses are still operational, but also in one way or another, the earth is... The, benefiting from their business their families are benefiting from their businesses individually they're making money so it's a win-win situation for everyone in the ecosystem of their operation mm-hmm.
1: yeah. all right yeah. and that's how you cross path and with uh, with here yeah. yes, yes can you uh, explain a bit how you got involved in this in this trajectory how did you hear from uh, uh, generation food and what happened from then on
0: Well, what happened is I'm always on the internet, so (laughs) yes, it's very good for my business. So I saw a call for applications from um, um, Generation Foods program looking for successful agribusiness entrepreneurs, and women are encouraged to apply. (laughs) And uh, something else, um, business must be less than three years old, and they should be... So there was a list of... Um, um, you got to be in the startup phase,
1: yes, really, start-up of, of phase founding and, uh, your business and trying to make it grow. Yes,
0: yeah, so there are thematic areas as well. So you must be in, like, a coffee business or um, sustainable vegetable production mm-hmm. or... Food waste management or innovations to prevent, um, um, uh, sorry, to reduce the effects of like drought and climate change on farmers and so okay. on. So I was like, oh, it's me. <laughs> so I, I just applied. And um, very quickly, I, I heard from Ricolto that, hey, would you like to be an ambassador? You have an outstanding application. So I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I got into the Generation Food Programme.
1: And what do I have to, how do I have to picture this? Um, do you have a series of uh, events or where you have to go through to yeah, improve your business uh, model or your uh, business proposition?
0: Yes, so they actually reached out to me to become an ambassador way before the, pro- the application period was ended, so I was asked to encourage other youth who uh, look up to me or are are following me or are in my space, but recall to cannot reach them, to apply. So I was also sharing a lot and asking people to apply because I knew at university I did agribusiness management, so a lot of my um, classmates and People in my circle are agriculture um, have agriculture background, so I was able to use that space. And
1: you are an influencer. That's what mm. we call it here. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm an one. influencer for <laughs> farmers and
0: and and business entrepreneurs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, sounds amazing. Yes. And, and
0: so after the sorry, after the um, application period ended. Uh, We were selected, and later on we got into this phase. They sent us the program timeline, and we got into this phase where there is a hackathon. So it's like developing your business ideas really quickly and figuring out um, how it can be profitable and so on, and that went on for two days. We were 200, and there... From 200 after the hackathon, they select 75 people. And you have to work really hard to get into the next phase. So a lot of people struggle because the business idea is not clear. But luckily, Recolto works together with a Shona, Shona yep. uh, a business development organization that w- provided coaches for us throughout the two days of the hackathon to help us have clearer business ideas, clearer and more pre- profitable business models. So by the end of the two, two days, more people knew, people, the, the, the participants knew more about their businesses than when they walked in. So it was really important for even the people who didn't make it to the 75 group and I'm super excited I made it. And now we got into bootcamp, which is a whole week of business training. So you understand more in depth about how your business makes money, business operations and costs and um, planning, budgeting and forecasting costs. And later on, making a full budget of your annual plan and later on, pitching your business to generate, to to um, acquire the funds that you need to run the business. So that's the phase we are at, and it's super exciting because uh, my business is just making two years in December, and it's exciting to know that there is something that I can achieve from uh, from the budget I've made. I can maybe get 40% of it from my efforts in fundraising for my business, in many ways that they've taught us. Yeah.
1: Sounds like an amazing uh, way <laughs> that, you, uh, that you ran already. Uh, Robinson, how was this for you? Because you were a bit the, the coach of this uh, group, as I understand.
2: Uh, yeah, so um, I think it was challenging in the very beginning to get to know uh, who to choose. So there were so many people who showed interest in the very beginning. And then we had to come up with criteria on whom should we choose because we wanted to have uh, an outstanding team, a team that the rest in the community can look up to. So it would have them like ambassadors, as like she put it, uh, this team that can be put out there. And then those who are behind can say, okay, I want to be like Pillow. Oh, our business is doing very well. So we're like, who are these persons and how do we get to choose them? So. Shona, which is a business training entity, uh, fully operational in Uganda. A colleague came with us called David. He's in the audience as well, listening in. He's one of the uh, the operational uh, coordinators of Shona. So Shona is a training entity. Shona understands how a business should run. Now, when you're a youth and you're getting into business, oftentimes you are not very sure where you want to go. You are excited, but you don't know what does it take to move from point A to point B? In 10 years time, how do you get to acquire this truck? How do you get to measure mileage? How do you get to measure success? So when Shona came into the uh, into the fold to implement the program on behalf of Recolto, they laid criteria that could help us save outstanding businesses, the ones that are promising the ones that have great potential for, let's say, success or increasing employability or having a greater market potential. So they did the saving and then helped us choose the 200 out of 400 plus who had applied. So the 200 who were brought into the training, the two days hackathon, so a hackathon, I think, oftentimes here in Belgium or in, uh, in European countries, it's more of a, a technology, mm-hmm. a, a boot camps and things like that. But now this was an agriculture one. So it, it was more like helping you to dive into um, what does your business look like? What, do you, what service do you want to offer? What value does your business offer that a client can pay for? So having this thought process well aligned in a manner that you can see it very clearly is something youths tend to have a hard time to do. So Shona and Recall to, came into the play to help them visualize it more clearly. So there is saying you want to produce, uh, let's say laptops, but the question is, okay, what specifications do they have? What capacities do they have? Whom are you targeting with this given product? I think it's it's very important that when you're getting into business, these, these thoughts are processed in your mind before you begin doing the actual business. And that's that's how Recall came into play. And to me, it was interesting seeing people give feedback, even on the first day, they're like, mm-hmm. ah, now I understand my business better. I think that is not my market. I think this is my market. And that was exciting for me, seeing the tangible realization on the go it's been amazing. Every time I get feedback, I'm like, ah, oh, we are doing a good job here. Yeah.
0: On, on the same note, uh, there is this um, thing of when, when you start a business, you're, you just don't have a job. In, it's an existing culture in Uganda, so there is high rates of unemployment. But a lot of youth start a business without knowing what they want to do in the business. So they're doing the business as they wait for a job. And in that way, it is like you don't give 100% to the business. You just you don't keep records you don't you don't do the due, due, due diligence and you don't think about your business the way Shona was teaching us to think about it okay. that's why it was so much of an eye opener for a lot of us the youth and we were super excited to have that opportunity
1: i can imagine yeah mm. sure. robinson why do you find it so important that we involve a new generation into food and agriculture?
2: So from experience, um, my late granddad, my rest in peace, um, oftentimes, even when I was at campus, he would tell me, Robinson, even if you studied and got 10 masters or 10 degrees, at the end of the day, you have to eat. And it didn't make sense to me back then. But then when I went to the university and got done, I actually realized it. I'm like, every day, the whole world eats. They have breakfast, they have lunch, they have dinner. Whether he's, it's a president or it's a, a poor man by the roadside, food is, it's like fuel for the world. To be alive, you must eat. Whatever you eat, it doesn't matter, but you have to eat. And agriculture contributes a very significant percentage of the food we get to eat, whether it's in its raw form or it's processed. So me, seeing the population of the world, in this case, Uganda, being a very youthful population with close to 75% of the population less than 30 years of age, they are the ones who have the energy. They are the ones who have the time. They're the ones who who can have the commitment. So, skilling them and having them participate actively in in sustainably producing food, to me, I think it's the wisest decision we can ever make. Having a young person understand how to plough the land or how to handle food products in a way that the body benefits, the community benefits, the government benefits, the earth itself benefits. To me, I think it's it's amazing just realizing that even before we do it, just having that at the back of our minds, okay, everyone here is a youth, if I want to think, anyone above 80, maybe one or two in this room right now, but the rest of us could fit closely perfectly into a youthful age group. Uh, based on our experiences, based on our energy levels, based of, on our aspirations. So having a young person uh, commit and participate, taking lead in, in having food produced sustainably, it's awesome. The thought of it makes me smile.
1: But is it, is it a thought that is widely shared? Because in Belgium we see the average age of farmers rise towards 60, and it's uh, a global phenomenon uh, from what I know,
2: yeah.
1: then, below maybe I, c- I can jump to you because yeah, you've chosen uh, a future in, in agribusiness. Mm-hmm. Why aren't yeah, more young people then attracted today uh, to agriculture and everything around it? Uh, a lot of them are, are leaving for the city to, to look for other jobs.
0: Yeah. I also left the city to look for <laughs> No, I'm kidding. So <laughs> So after after university, I first of all I did agribusiness management at university and personally I've never had a job. I did internships around, but I really knew from the s- day I stepped into university doing agribusiness management, I knew I'm doing it for my own business. So that was quite clear for me and a lot of my f- fellow graduates went into banks because apparently the agribusiness management graduates are very good bankers for some reason. Good to so, know. Yeah, uh, so the banks get them because there is a growing market for agricultural loans. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cheating because mm-hmm. they get the, an agriculturalist and a finance person at the same time. So that's why there's hot cake in the finance, in in banking. So a lot of uh, my colleagues go, uh, sorry, classmates went into those fields because they don't want to be in the field. It's dirty. It's a dirty job working with farmers. A few of them, of course, are super interested and are trying to do their own businesses. But I think there is that... Attitude and, as you said, the age, um, the average age doing agriculture seriously is the older ones. In Uganda, people retire at 60, and everyone who has retired, and if you ask them what they're going to do, it is farming. Nothing else. So if uh, every year you're hearing that, oh, someone is retiring into farming, then it becomes so old people. Of course, the part of not wanting dirty jobs is there. But um, what we're trying to do, or what I try to do, if you see my Instagram, you'll kind of testify. I try to make agriculture attractive to young people. So I think making it look attractive and showing them all these innovations you can do and actually not have it as a dirty job, as they think, is very important. Because I have a coffee farm, I, of course, I don't do all the manual work myself, but I still have to do the weeding and management and so on. So there is ways to do agriculture or farming without actually um, getting filthy and, and stinky and so on. So what... I think what is very important is making it look attractive by a fellow young person. So role models are super important in this case and these days it's very exciting to me when people ask me, oh I want to start a business like yours, I'm like, yes, come. (laughs)
2: Come. Get into (laughs) farming. Yes.
0: Yes, come, yeah. So, of course, they're, they're, they're just seeing my Instagram and, and saying, oh, I can, she looks nice in those gumboots. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and, and in some random forest, yeah, I can do that. So it is very nice to, to, to have people think of it that way. Yeah, yeah
1: it should be considered as a... Future-oriented sector, future-oriented job, also with, yes. that, with a lot of perspectives.
0: And also, the the future of food is in our hands because if it's older generation growing food, they don't have enough energy to sustain us for years. I guess that's why what generation food, why generation foods has to come in because we cannot feed a generation if the farmers are 80 years old.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, we need a young, young dynamic generation. Exactly. We also uh, can deal with the challenges of today in farming, like uh, the effects of, of climate change that are uh, hitting uh, all farmers around the world now.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. Thanks, Pilo. You, you shared already uh, a lot about uh, how you build your business and how mm-hmm. you're trying to uh, yeah, oriented towards the future. So in in, in these past months and even years that you're uh, practicing uh, your business. What was really your your best moment, your most fulfilling moment in that?
0: Personally, it's been, okay, that's a very good question. (laughs) (laughs) It's been realizing that I'm not alone in in the journey because I I was struggling a lot. Uh, All my um, fellows were getting jobs. And every time I went home to my mom, <laughs> remember the attitude of you just doing the business as you wait for a job. My mom would keep asking, so when are you getting a job? <laughs> Have you got something to do now? And I'm literally employing four people in my company, right? <laughs> and she's asking me when I'm getting a job.
1: <laughs> Moms can be like that. Yes. <laughs>
0: She's going to grill me for this, but <laughs> I'm not giving her we'll to We'll make
1: listen. a special edit of this podcast. And to her. Please
0: do. <laughs> Anyways, that's, that's, what, uh, that's what I've been going through for three years because I graduated in 2019, January. And yeah, up until August this year is when I sat her down and I told her, Mom, here's the case. I am doing a business. There is a reason. Sorry, I'm doing a business and I am not looking for a job intentionally. So even if you ask me a hundred times whether I have got a job, I'll say no because I'm not even looking. Right? So she's like, oh, okay. And why? I'm like, I'm doing a business. Currently, I have four employees. Of course, I pay myself only $40, but, and, and that cannot sustain me fully. But as the business grows, I'm going to get my own income and so on. But I have a job. This is my job, and this is my title in the job. And do you know that I am the owner of this company? So there is this thing uh, in my agribusiness graduates they get jobs with like FAO, right? UN Food and Agriculture Organization. So you get like a big SUV and and you're driving to the field. So when when you pay university tuition for your daughter, that's what you have in your head. And I still don't have the SUV. So she's like, Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) you know. So when I told her that do you know that I'm the one going to be giving the SUVs to my employees? (laughs) She was like, "Hmm, okay, I hope so. And I was like, so you just have to wait, okay? But one thing I told her was that you asking me whether I have something to do really hurts me, because 50% of what I'm doing is to make you proud so if you're not even observing any of the struggles that i'm trying the efforts that i'm trying to make it really hurts me so she was like okay and she apologized and right now she calls and she's like how is business do you need any help <laughs> <laughs> do you need any help did you get customers uh, how about there was this thing you were sending to the city did it work and i'm like whoo this is what i needed well, that, yeah. that's
1: also how moms can be i guess yeah
0: so i think that has been the best moment for me this year i yeah. can
1: totally imagine <laughs> <laughs> wow robinson i can turn the question to you <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you Im- will involve your mom in, in, in the story <laughs> t- totally allowed but i mean it, you've been working with uh with those people for the past months I mean. That, that must oh. have also been a, an incredible experience.
2: So many things to choose from. I can't really figure out what was very, very outstanding about it. So I think I for one currently would consider my my best moment is uh, the time when I had every team member uh, on board uh, on the flight to Belgium. So from the very recruitment of the, the participants to come for the training, and then uh, following up on them and visiting them in their individual fields and encouraging them and telling them about all the possibilities that are in the future uh, based on the skills they've gained if they put them to use um having this small group uh, board the plane to come to belgium and get to share their story i, I felt like that was a selling point for me. It was it was very important for me that they get to tell their narratives to other youths, like they are already doing in the different schools, that I am a youth, I am at school, but I'm also doing farming. I, I don't know if it makes sense. One of the turning points I reflect to in my life uh, as a youth in the agriculture sector was when I got to listen to other youths, when I just joined campus, and they were like, I'm the CEO of this company, It's Agriculture. I'm the co-founder. And then I was sitting at the back listening and I was like, oh, I'm just in my first year at campus and I'm doing nothing else. And I felt very small, very tiny. So when I stood up, I told them, I have aspirations as big as this. (laughs) And I felt nice. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I think it's very important to me that these stories are told to other youths like she was saying having a model someone to look up to to me it feels like it's good if i looked up to you i would would draw a lot of inspiration from your success so i want to think having brought the team like pillow like she's sharing today i mean some of you could already be inspired by her story and now that's where I feel like, okay, this is progress for me. Having them tell their narrative, their success story to another youth out there who could pick inspiration from such stories and then maybe implement or tell someone else to implement. That is a win for me. The replica effect of their stories, it's my win. Yeah.
1: We've talked about your best moments now, um, but where there are great moments, there. Have been probably also been tough moments or, or moments that you were doubting uh, on everything is there a, an example that comes to your mind pillow
0: very much so <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so I have a team uh, I say I have a coffee bar or coffee shop as we call it in Uganda, and i <laughs> I hired um, a coffee shop attendant who is also the barista. And then our, we we were getting slower sales. So I like, okay, we need... And I'm getting busier, so I can't do everything. So I'm like, okay, we need a sales and marketing person. So I'm like, yeah, we have some money to do that. So let's do it. We had just... We won some uh, grants from the French embassy. So we, we could do that. And I was like... Ah, nice. Now I can go to the Recolto, Sorry, the generation food program in Belgium for three weeks and not worry about what's going to happen back at the shop. And I um, briefed everyone of all their roles while I'm away because I still do 50 to 60% of the work. I ensured that everything is okay, at least uh, running. Uh, uh, Monday to Friday and making sure that uh, customers are served well and so on. We are located in a business incubator so it's busy Monday to Friday. Anyways, so I was very happy with everything going on. I gave my employees bonuses uh, as um, a way to motivate them all and then The coffee shop attendant and our only barista decides to quit without notice. And I was like, and we had just three weeks to come to Belgium. And the other only barista at the shop is, guess who? You. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, me. The only other barista is leaving in two and a half weeks. And... We had uh, the first boot camp of Generation Food happening that week that she quit. So from she sent me a message on Sunday evening that, hey, I won't be able to come to work tomorrow, Monday. And I was like, okay. She's like, I have a flu and I don't feel so well. I'm like, yeah, flu, understandable, because uh, you can't serve people in a, you can't serve, brew coffee and so on when you have a flu. You just give everyone your flu. So I was like, yeah, stay home. And (laughs) little did I know she she was just quitting. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) I was like, okay, so we are closed Monday. We don't have anyone to work on Monday. I divided roles to everyone else, and they're very busy. I was attending the boot camp, so I couldn't come. Then, as I come after two days, and then uh, when your flu is better. A week later, she's not coming. Two weeks, she's not coming. One week to coming to Belgium, I had to hire a barista. <laughs> Quick training. <laughs> and... The barista knew very little um, because we can't afford the ones who know all of it. So we have to get some someone who has a little experience in restaurant and and service business, and then we train. And I was just so scared of having the coffee shop closed for three weeks. We had already been closed for two weeks when I was at the boot camp, and then one week of training as brewing the coffee so i would be <laughs> serving coffee while having a zoom call with like <laughs> with like this i have these mentors from uh, another program that i'm a part of and then i'm like okay one minute let me serve a customer <laughs> i go and i was just terrified i still have the anxiety right now because he, it was he was just trained one week before i left and
1: that's a lot of worries on the mind, yeah, of, a, of an entrepreneur.
0: Wine
2: helps
1: <laughs> <laughs> Robinson. Do you have that many worries on your mind?
2: Uh, I want to think at the moment they have subsided. <laughs> um, I feel like uh, we moved a great, uh, a great deal from where we had started from. Uh, in the initial uh, uh starts, I, I was worried, uh, so oftentimes, um. Uh, Youth in Uganda are considered a little bit reluctant to pursue uh, um, uh, individual endeavors with with this uh, visionary kind of approach. Like she said earlier, they tend to do uh, business or whatever they do just to keep them around for a quick gain. They don't have a sustainability mindset when they're approaching business or even uh, a job. Someone will not get into a job and say, okay, I want to work for two years, save this amount of money, and then do this, or start a business, or go for a master's. To them, it's just living in the moment. Mm -hmm. And that is very worrying for me. I always think, as a young person, you ought to have a plan for the next two years, or maybe the next six months, and then the next five years. Something you can fairly predict and try to follow, rather than just living in the moment. party every day and enjoy everything that as it comes. So out of the team that we picked and from the feedback I've been getting from the team, I feel confident that we have a team that can stand still. I, I, I want to think even five years from now, if you called me and like, okay, Robinson, how are your participants? I'd be like, ah, oh, we are doing great. We have, we have 10 more, each person has hired. Pillow just told you she has four employees. Five years from now, I think, should be having close to 20 employees. And to me, having that kind of mindset instilled into these youths, it's, it's, it's something I admire and I want to see it happen in the next future. So, my worries? Hmm, very few. I think I'm safe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. am for you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are your best hopes for the future, if I might ask?
0: So, there is this thing that I'm really excited about. Um, so, our products are are coffee, hibiscus powder, chia seeds, cashew nuts, and edible shea butter. But we're trying to narrow down to uh, products that customers actually enjoy and offer the most health benefits and then um, innovate around them. Before spreading too too wide, so we are narrowing down uh, this November to just three products. But what I'm really excited about is we're going we're bringing this is also pre-order. <laughs> uh, we're bringing like flavored coffee. So um, a lot of Ugandans are new coffee drinkers. And we're just nurturing the coffee drinking culture because for long the, the coffee was exported to Europe and America. So we, we drink tea, the, the British left tea. So we, we drink that and don't know that coffee is uh, a beverage as well. Only in the last five years are more coffee shops coming up. So we are very excited to bring like products that can entice more Ugandans into drinking coffee. Cause like, maybe 1% of the coffee drinkers in Uganda do espresso. The rest are just like, ah, that's not my thing. So we're like, oh, that's not your thing. We have a thing for you coming up and we are very excited about that. Mm-hmm. And some of our products are also not ready to eat actually all of them, they're not ready-to-eat products. So a lot of customers are ask, have been asking, well, when I get your product right now, I, don't have, I can't eat it right away. And it's really hard to get snacks without salt and sugar in it, right? So we're like, okay, okay. We're going to do something for you, so we have all of those coming up, and, and I'm super excited to. Wow,
1: yeah. I, I'm very confident that you that you will make coffee great in uh, Uganda <laughs> and far beyond.
0: Yes, ah, you reminded me there is <laughs> there is a, a, a serious serious nutrition deficiencies in um, in the country and the world, so. I was just reading yesterday, actually. Uh, Belgians have a serious vitamin D deficiency. So we are going to put dif- vitamin D in coffee. <laughs> wow! Everyone drinks coffee in the morning or tea. So we're going to, instead of them finding the nutrients, we're going to have the nutrients find them yeah. at their breakfast table. Mm. And Ugandans have uh, uh, We don't have vitamin D deficiency because we're on the equator, but we have iron deficiency. So we're going to put iron in your breakfast products as well.
1: So you're going to relieve us from the vitamin D deficiency. (laughs) Get ready. (laughs) We are ready. (laughs) Robinson, do you have any high hopes to add to that?
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah. I I want to think... uh, I, for one, I, I fathom my future where... Um, Besides having this replica effect spread uh, from one participant to another and others drawing inspiration from their colleagues' success, uh, I I fathom a future where Recault is able to multiply this kind of uh, uh, project, uh, let alone Uganda. Uh, So currently we're running this project in two cities in Uganda, that is Mbale and Gulu. Gulu is in northern Uganda. Mbala is Eastern Uganda. So if, if, if there is a way, or if there's a future in which this possibility exists, I would love for you to come true that we replicate this uh, initiative in more cities uh, in Uganda. Uh, let's say Kenya uh, uh, in Tanzania, where Ine and mm-hmm. David sit. I would love to see this spread wide and capture a wider mm-hmm. team of youths so that uh, in the near future, we have recultors, Footprint in almost every city, and having all the youths taking forefront on the agriculture projects.
1: Well, I think that's a realistic ambition because very realistic. Some years ago, Generation Food started out here in Belgium. Yes. So, uh, and it's still existing. There was a a thon some weeks ago mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. students from the university college oh, and the university, okay. collaborating um, on new food products. Um, so the idea is spread to other countries and uh, I'm, I'm confident that it will replicate uh, towards more cities in the world.
2: We are looking forward to that.
1: Wow, I want to really thank the two of you uh, for sharing all your insights and experiences. I find it uh, an incredible uh, interesting talk and I hope the audience agrees with me. Um, thank you very much and um, I hope you have a safe trip back home also back to Uganda where you can uh, continue realizing all your plans. Thank you. Thank you for having me. More information about Ricolto? Check ricolto.org.